0: What's up, Dolphins, and welcome into the Friday, March the 30th edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show, we are finishing up the offensive roster inventory with the big uglies on the offensive line. Where do they rank across the league spectrum? And also, the next time you guys hear from me, it'll officially be draft month. We'll take a closer look at the players the Dolphins have met with. Throughout this process, in honor of opening day in baseball, we'll talk about the best opening days in Dolphins history. But first, I have to remind you guys, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Wingful NFL and follow the show at Locked On Fins and check out the number one rated blog in the Locked On Network, LockedOnDolphins.com. Every single Dolphins free agent or trade acquisition is up there right now with the film and analytics. I so check that out right now, LockedOnDolphins.com. And of course, the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On Magic podcast for all the local NBA coverage of your favorite Florida teams. Let's go ahead and get right into it here on the podcast. That's another Miami Dolphins And it is first down on a Friday edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. The weekend coming up. Baseball is back. The better weather is coming around. The draft is coming up. The new schedule is coming out. Exciting times to be a football fan, a Dolphins fan. And as I'm recording this baseball games are going on all over the country and the Marlins had a back and forth battle with the Cubs. I haven't checked in on that game in a while, but I'll be going to my brother's house tonight in a different city to watch the Mariners open their season. I'm a big Seattle Mariners fan from the Northwest up here. So looking forward to doing that. But if I have any news that comes across late on Thursday night, I will not get that for you guys as I record this podcast a little bit earlier than normal. But let's go ahead and talk about some of the draft day visits the Dolphins have, or I should say draft visits the Dolphins have had over the last couple of weeks, but also their lengthier list that goes back to the short Ryan game. Now some of these visits reported from Simon Clancy. You guys may know him from the podcast earlier. He is at Cy Clancy on Twitter talking about some of the players the Dolphins have spent extended time with in terms of meetings and dinners and private workouts and a couple of the guys that he mentioned at positions of needs I wanted to go ahead and go over them with you guys obviously Roquan Smith a Georgia linebacker we all know about him a huge following on Twitter in terms of fans that want to draft Roquan Smith with the 11th pick in the draft and the Dolphins were at the Georgia Pro Day they had a private workout with Roquan Smith they took him out to dinner all that good stuff so he is definitely on the radar someone they're looking at going after in the same way Baker Mayfield was earlier in the month as well and then also a linebacker that may not be as well known but he really shined at the senior Bowl a specific, in the practices where I really noticed him in the one-on-one pass coverage drills. He was in hip pockets all day. It's Darius Leonard from South Carolina State. He has very fluid movement, good change of direction, a good cover guy. Could be a mid-round prospect the Dolphins get a look at there. But let's go over to the quarterbacks now and talk about two of the guys the Dolphins have shown a lot of interest in and two guys they might be they might be more realistic options for the Dolphins opposed to the core four, so to speak, the Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and Sam Darnold, who all figure to go in the top five, six picks of the draft, if not the top four, there are a couple of quarterbacks Dolphins are looking at later on in the draft. I you know, I talked about him on a podcast earlier in the week. Luke Falk from Washington State. They have spent a lot of time with Luke Falk, both up in Pullman and then back in Utah where he had a private workout with the Dolphins in his hometown of Logan, Utah. The Dolphins were on hand there to go ahead and win and die on Luke Falk. So I talked about his fit in the scheme. Possible guy that can get the ball out of his hands quickly. Distribute the ball to the receivers that can win early and play behind a solid pass-protecting offensive line. The other guy that I have no idea any part about his game or what he brings, but the Dolphins have been very into Florida Internationals' Alex McCoff. And I don't know if I said that right, but he's definitely had some meetings with the Dolphins, and they are definitely showing some interest in the quarterback from their backyard there. And they will continue to do these meetings and private workouts and stuff with guys going forward. But I wanted to kind of go over the list of players the Dolphins have met with dating all the way back to the Shrine game and Senior Bowl week, and this is a list that has been compiled by a, the friend of the show, Kevin Dern, at KevinMD4 on Twitter. He writes for LockdownDolphins.com. He wrote the defensive tackle primer piece up there right now. You guys can check that out on LockedOnDolphins.com, but he has been diligent in compiling this list of players Dolphins met with. Let's go ahead and start with the quarterbacks, positions of need, What we're going with here. So quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, defensive tackles, and linebackers are the ones I'm going to go over with you guys because this is a very, very long list, and it would take... 10 minutes to just read the entire list. Not really, but you guys don't want to hear me read names off. So let's go ahead and start with the quarterbacks. We all know about Luke Falk already. Josh Allen has spent some time with the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. They also spent some time with Quentin Flowers from South Florida. Josh Rosen, obviously, from UCLA. Mason Rudolph. Mike White from Western Kentucky. So they have spent a lot of time with the top quarterbacks. I think that kind of tells you where their interest is, at least in terms of trying to gauge those guys. They probably want to find out if they can get... First of all, if any of those guys fall to 11, any of the core four, they're definitely going to be options for the Dolphins. They're not going to let this quarterback fiasco happen again going into next year. And that's nothing to do with Ryan Tannehill's a lack of confidence in Ryan Tannehill. They just want to make sure they're doing their due diligence, but also going with quarterbacks in that second round range. Obviously, Mason Rudolph could fit that mold. Lamar Jackson could fit that mold. And then you go back even further with Alex McGough, Luke Falk, those guys that could be potentially day late day two or even day three picks there. So the Dolphins very diligent in their quarterback search on this running back list I really like the names on this list they went ahead and met with so far. Kalen Balazs, Arizona State. You guys know I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Nick Chubb from Georgia. Darius Geis from LSU, the first-round potential prospect. Sony Michelle might be the best running back in this class outside of Saquon Barkley. He's from Georgia. You guys know about him. Miami's own Mark Walton. And Ralph Webb, the running back from Vanderbilt, don't know anything about him. But that other list of running backs, that's a lot of good names. I figure the Dolphins are going to come out of this draft with a running back. Probably on day two, I'd say probably round three, maybe even round four, early day three. So that middle round part of the the middle portion of the draft, the Dolphins figured to go ahead and get their running back to pair with Kenyon Drake and Frank Gordon. Now, tight ends is a huge need for the Dolphins going into the season right now with A.J. Derby, Marquise Gray. On Wednesday's podcast, you guys heard me talk about the fact that I think the Dolphins have the worst tight end group in the entire NFL. So a couple of tight ends they have talked with and definitely some of these guys that fit the mold of what the Dolphins are looking for. Troy Fumagalli from Wisconsin, Mike Gasecki from Penn State, Dallas Godert from South Dakota State, Everyone, those three guys are pretty big on everyone's radar, Mark Andrews well from Oklahoma, Chris Herndon, Miami's own once again, Hayden Hurst, the 25-year-old prospect out of South Carolina, and then Ian Thomas from Indiana is a very interesting name. He is thickly built, he can play in line and detached. He's a prospect that a lot of guys have been kind of coming around on lately, and Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah even mentioned that he is definitely going to be a second-round pick in his opinion. So a good crop of players there. I think the Dolphins will definitely approach that position early in the draft. And you move on to the defensive side of the football. There is a, another healthy list of defensive tackles and linebackers. We'll go over them all real quickly here with you guys. Taven Bryan from Florida had an excellent workout in Indianapolis. He is a disruptor, a high motor player. I would love to see him on the Dolphins this year. Defensive tackle, Joshua Fraser out of Alabama, Maurice Hurst from Michigan, Justin Jones from that dominant NC state, North Carolina state defensive line he was just outright dominant throughout the season Christian LeCouture from LSU Richard McIntosh from Miami and Kendrick Norton from Miami obviously Deron Payne from Alabama Harrison Phillips another disruptive guy from Stanford and then Vita Vea from Washington who in my opinion is by far the best of that bunch a possible pick at number 11 there so the Dolphins doing their due diligence on these available prospects and the linebackers the last bit here the guys they have met with From the Shrine game up until now, linebacker Jawan Bentley from Purdue, Kendall Donerson from Southeast Missouri State, believe that or not, Rashawn Evans from Alabama. He was one of the Dolphins' 30 visits, so to speak. They get 30 visits outside of the state of Florida Guys that they can actually meet with and dine with and, and throw private workouts at them. So that's what definitely a name to look at. Rashawn Evans from Alabama. Bobby Jones, Northern Illinois. Darius Leonard from South Carolina State. We already mentioned him. Uchena Nwosu from USC. Quentin Poling from Ohio. Javon Roland jones from Arkansas State. Roquan Smith from Georgia, another one of the 30 visits. Leighton Vander Esch from Boise State. Trayon Williams from Florida International. And Chris Worley from Ohio State. And just kind of finish up the 30 list. Looks like I have another guy here that I didn't see earlier. Baker Mayfield is one of those guys as well. And then the safety, Justin Reed from Stanford, the brother of Eric Reed, who obviously has his own issues in terms of getting his self straightened out with the PR nightmare that he's caused himself with the Colin Kaepernick stuff. But Justin Reed is a very bright kid, a good tackler, a good single high player, someone they can definitely look at. And Damon Webb, too, joins that list, too, the Ohio State free safety. So some names to look at there. I've also heard the Dolphins are looking very closely at Miami's kicker Michael Bagley. You guys probably know more about him. As I have said myself, I am not a kicker guru. I don't even pay attention to the position at all. I don't try to scout it. I just know guys put the balls through the uprights, and that's all I really care about. So... A very lengthy list. We'll get more into that as the month rolls on here. Talk to that talk to Kevin about that list as well on some future episodes of the podcast here. The Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Winkfield NFL at Lockdown Fins rolling on here in the Lockdown Dolphins podcast. We talked about the draft a little bit. Let's get back into the offensive position review, starting with the offensive line. We've gone over quarterbacks on Monday, running backs were on Tuesday, wide receivers and tight ends were on Wednesday, and now offensive line on Thursday. And if you guys missed the episode yesterday with Henry Hodgson from NFL Media, a great, great listen there. He had some good insight for us talking about the Dolphins and some of of the national perception and how miscued it has kind of been for the Miami Dolphins. So check that episode out. Let's go ahead and get into the offensive line here. Just talking about the starters, Laramie Tunzel has been disappointing, so far in his career, I think starting off at left guard probably hindered his development a little bit. It's a different position, different techniques, different sets, everything that goes into that. But I, st- I still expect him to be a very good player for the Dolphins long-term. The left guard, Josh Sitton, and for my money, is the best left guard the Dolphins have had since I've been a fan of this team going back into the 90s. I mean, Jamie Nails was awesome in 2002, helping Ricky Williams get to almost 2,000 rushing yards. But... Josh Sitton is such a professional, such a great pass protector. He is a veteran presence, a guy that can hopefully come in and teach guys to do things the right way. You hope that he comes in and has a big, big impact on the Dolphins. And then center Dan Kilgore, very, very excited about him. Sounds like he has got the completely right mindset and attitude. Between him and Sitton, I think the Dolphins are going to have a lot less struggles in terms of picking up stunts and twists and different types of blitzes that the Dolphins have had so many issues with the last couple of years with Mike Pouncey and that revolving guard or revolving door at left guard, I should say. So looking forward to seeing what he does. He The only reason his pass protection numbers were down last year were when C.J. Beathard came in, the rookie out of Iowa, who really didn't have any business playing in his rookie year for the San Francisco 49ers, replacing Brian Hoyer. But when Brian Hoyer or Jimmy Garoppolo is in there, his pass protection numbers were fantastic. So that's probably more of a reflection of what the player that Dan Kilgore really is. At right guard, Jesse Davis, they're saying that he's going to compete with Ted Larson, but I don't buy that for a second. Jesse Davis was probably the Dolphins' best lineman at the end of the year last year. He is... Just physically dominant, has long arms, a good punch. You can get out in space and help on pulling, uh, pulling plays to the backside as well. So really like what Jesse Davis offers there. I'm very excited about his future with the Dolphins and the right tackle Jawan James back on the one-year nine million dollar contract. He figures he'll be playing for a new contract for the Dolphins. Gonna have to stay healthy. He has missed two out of his four years ending the season on IR, missing eight games and nine games respectively in those two years. So he has to get that fixed, get himself healthy, and get himself ready to go because when he plays recently, he's been one of the better right tackles in the NFL. So this group, great pass protection. There's fantastic depth now. Sam Young back as a swing tackle. I love that move. Ted Larson, not a huge fan, but as a backup center and interior guard, I like that a lot. Jake Brendel, the same mold, of backup center, interior guard. And then Eric Smith last year was playing very well in the preseason before he got hurt and had to miss the entire year. But he was a potential swing tackle prospect there as well before he got hurt. So he could find himself into the mold. And then obviously you still have Isaac Asiata and Zach Stirrup. Asiata, the fifth-round pick last year that everyone loved, myself included, needs to get his technique refined and get a lot more in control. Zach Stirrup had a couple of snaps as a sixth offensive lineman in the game last year. And then he came on in Week 17 and, and did not look good up to the up to the part so that group is good it is deep it can handle the pass protection there are vets and ability to handle the new blitzes and all that stuff we've had problems with in the past so i went over the list of of uh other offensive lines across the league like i've been doing all week for the other positions and just kind of crossed off the ones i think the dolphins are better than this one might give me a little bit of pushback because i have the dolphins offensive line ranking pretty highly and this again not in any order just by the order of the divisions going from nfc east to nfc west The Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans, Los Angeles Chargers, Oakland Raiders, Dallas Cowboys, Philadelphia Eagles, and the San Francisco 49ers, and the Washington Redskins. So the Dolphins rank ninth among offensive lines in the NFL. So that gives us the 11th best quarterback, the 12th best running back stable, the 16th best wide receiver group, the 32nd best tight end group, and the 9th best offensive line. So that, to me, equals a top 10 offense. I've been talking about it all offseason. I've been talking about the Dolphins being finally a team that can help Brian Tannehill become the best player he can be, which is a quarterback that could have a rating up around that 100 level, the elusive 100 level for quarterbacks where only a few quarterbacks go every single year. So. I have high expectations for the offense. We'll talk about the defense next week and try to get that side of the ball fixed. Still some concerns there, but nonetheless, the Dolphins have made a lot of moves on offense to get this unit better. You can check out all of those newcomer pieces on LockedOnDolphins.com. Josh Sitton, Dan Kilgore, Albert Wilson, Danny Amendola, Frank Gore, they all have pieces analyzing their film as well as their analytics and in-depth stats on LockedOnDolphins.com. This is the Lockdown Dolphins podcast at Winkfield NFL at LockdownFins. And lastly on the podcast here, before we get out of here for the week and another week of episodes on the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, in honor of opening day, I am recording this podcast on Thursday as Major League Baseball opens up its season, its 2018 season. If you guys didn't notice, I am from the Northwest. I am from the Seattle area, a diehard, huge Seattle Mariners fan my entire life. I grew up going to the Kingdom with my dad and my brother several times every single summer to watch the Mariners and that awesome 1990, 1990s lineup they had with King Griffey Jr., Alex Rodriguez, Jay Buhner, Edgar Martinez, Tino Martinez—just a fantastic offense that hit a lot of home runs and bring brought me a lot of joy as I would imitate the batters in front of my TV every night, pretending to be Ken Griffey Jr. Whoever it was, I you know just I could not have been a bigger Ken Griffey Jr. fan than I was. Obviously, a kid growing up in this in Seattle in the 90s, it's going to be the case for a lot of kids. But the Mariners go into this season not so much optimism. We have Felix Hernandez opening. The opening day starter for the 10th consecutive year. He is on the back end of his career. Been kind of a downside since his dominant, dominant years there. Wasted in Seattle as we haven't made the playoffs since 2001. With the Buffalo Bills going to the playoffs, the Seattle Mariners are now have the longest playoff drought in the four major sports. So between the Dolphins not having won a playoff game since 2001 and the Mariners not having gone to the playoffs since 2001. Kind of tough on this guy right here tough tough years as a sports fan but we press on nonetheless the podcast continues let's talk about my four favorite opening days in dolphins history now this is going to I guess the antithesis of date me a little bit here. I'm obviously only 30 years old. You guys know this. I don't go back into the 80s and the 70s with the Dolphins glory years too much. I was born in 1987, so I don't really have a good grasp on the opening days in the past. I do know that the Dolphins' first game ever, the opening kickoff, was ran back for a touchdown. So that's a great game, a great memory, but I'm not going to put it on my list because I don't remember it. I didn't watch it. So these are the four best opening day games that I can recall that had meaning to me as a Dolphins fan. Number one, let's go ahead and start in reverse order here. 2002 versus the Detroit Lions. That was the year the Dolphins got Ricky Williams. That was, to me, that was, I was so excited about that move and what the Dolphins could have been with that awesome defense. We talked about it on the podcast last week, I want to say, talking about Trent Green and Jay Fiedler and how Dave Wants had made that terrible decision. Well, if they would have had a better quarterback, that 2002 team would have been freaking awesome. And that opening day against the Lions where Ricky Williams had like a million carries for a million yards and the Dolphins blew the doors off the Lions. That was a very fun game to watch. Next up is the 2000 game against the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night in primetime. If you guys recall that one, Zach Thomas intercepted a pass and ran it back for a touchdown, did a front flip into the end zone. I remember I had at my Pee Wee football practice, The day before that, or the week before that, they were talking about how the Dolphins were going to get ran in that game. There was a coach that was also a Dolphins fan. They were saying, oh, the Titans and Steve McNair, they're going to destroy the Dolphins tonight or in that game, whenever it was. And I was just like, no way. You know, I was a big Dolphins homer back then even. So I was pumped on that game. They came out and destroyed the Titans and won the game 1-0. And I came back to practice the next day and was just gloating all over the field. So 2002 against the Lions, 2000 against the Tennessee Titans. And then a couple of games against the New England Patriots. 1994, obviously the of Marino, fantastic. Shootout with Drew Bledsoe. I don't recall that game quite as much as the other ones because it, I was a little bit younger. I do have it on DVD, so I have seen it since then. Just a fantastic game. The guy was such a gamer and a gunslinger. Love watching that guy. throw the football. 1994 win over the New England Patriots coming back off the Achilles injury. The 2014 win over the New England Patriots. The Dolphins stopped the Patriots three and out on the first drive, block a punt, and then score a touchdown quickly to take the lead in that game. No Sean Moreno goes off in that game. The Dolphins beat the Patriots on opening day once again. A very good one there. But my favorite all time opening game, 2005 over the Denver Broncos. Nick Saban's first game. The Broncos were a Super Bowl pick from a lot of teams. The Dolphins were coming off of a 4 12 season with Gus Ferrat as the starting quarterback. Not a lot of optimism there. Chris Chambers has that long end around run in the first quarter, and then the Dolphins just start a team off on the Broncos in the second half. A long touchdown pass to Marty Booker, a strip sack to end the game from Jason Taylor that he ran back for a touchdown in a blowout win. So those are my top five opening days that I can recall as a fan. Get at me on Twitter at Wingfield NFL and tell me about your favorite opening days in Dolphins history. And that's going to do it for the podcast tonight, guys. And I have to just thank you guys so, so much for reading the website, listening to the podcast, giving us the page views and the downloads that we have just destroyed our past success in terms of page views and downloads on both those avenues. So by far the best month in Lockdown Dolphins history, a very brief history. Been doing the podcast since August and the Lockdown site since December so very short history but we are just absolutely crushing it in terms of numbers and we cannot be more appreciative of you guys for doing that for us so that's going to do it for tonight's podcast guys we'll see you guys on Monday be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts leave us a rating and a review and check out the other Lockdown Sports podcast for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams follow me on Twitter at NFL NFL follow the show at Lockdown Fins follow our flagship show at Lockdown NFL both on Twitter and Facebook and check out the number one rated blog in the Lockdown Network LockedOnDolphins.com. you guys have a Great weekend. Be back on Monday with another edition of the Lockdown Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.